This is the Read Your Bible Podcast, the daily podcast designed to help you understand and apply the scriptures. Nothing will grow your relationship with Jesus Christ more than studying the Bible for yourself. I'm your host, Drew Tankersley, and for the next few moments, I want to invite you to join me as we dive into God's Word together. We'll ask God to help us see what He wants us to see so that we can be who He wants us to be. One of the things I love most about my mother is that she believes in me no matter what. It's a powerful shot of confidence in the life of a young son to have a mother that does this. I can tell you how many times I doubted myself growing up and it seemed like my mother believed in me more than I did. When an ally, a friend, or a family member believes in you, it can be very encouraging. But in Joshua chapter 2, we learn that the enemy actually believed in the God of the Israelites perhaps more than they did. On today's podcast, we'll uncover this incredible truth and remind ourselves that sometimes we are our own worst enemy. With God, there is nothing to fear, no matter how formidable the foe may be, especially when the foe is afraid of the God you serve. The problem is not often how big our enemy is, but how small our God is in our eyes. Today, let's look at Joshua chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. Before the men fell asleep, she went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that the terror of you has fallen on us. And everyone who lives in the land is panicking because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the waters of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Sion and Og, the two Amorite kings. You completely destroyed across the Jordan. When we heard this, we lost heart, and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. Now this is a stunning admission from the lips of a harlot who was supposed to be the enemy. I'm confident this is not the reception that these spies first expected when Joshua sent the two of them into the land. The leader had likely learned his lesson sending just two into the land after the epic failure of the first recon mission. Remember back on that fateful day, Moses selected one of the best warriors from each tribe to enter the land, and it led to disaster. They quaked in fear at the sight of those walled cities that were fortified, as it seemed, all the way up to the heavens. They returned with a report that would doom an entire generation of people to languish in the wilderness until the last corpse fell in the sand. Then and only then would they be given a second chance to redeem what their fear had squandered. This time around, the recon mission is far more clandestine to avoid the public dog and pony show that it might have instigated. Two men, ironically the same number that returned with a positive report the first time, Two men enter the land, and they find themselves in the house of a harlot. Now, this might have been because such an establishment was predicated on anonymity. Whatever their reason for coming, they likely did not expect the kindness that they were afforded by this harlot who saved their lives. Now, all this is problematic, but what this teaches for us is that God is not afraid to accomplish his purposes through unconventional means. And just think of the means of God's grace here. God uses a harlot who is a foreigner to lie to save the spies that were sent into the land. 
All this teaches us that we dare not confine God in accomplishing his purposes. If we've learned anything from this family of brokenness, is that God is not afraid to step into people's brokenness and achieve his objectives through them. Just think of all the dysfunction that this family turned nation had in its past. Abraham doubts, and those doubts led to lies about his wife. Isaac lapsed into the same temptation. Sarah's doubts led her to offer Hagar to Abraham to accomplish God's purposes. Jacob's tension with Esau and the deception of Isaac. Two wives struggle for their attention for the attention of their husband, eventually leading to drug use and the giving of their handmaids. And from these bizarre relationships come the 12 tribes of Israel. And God can make the most bizarre, the most heinous, the most sinful of choices turn out to actually accomplish divine purposes. Now this should give us comfort amid the injustice and the sin around us as well. God can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. He's able to make all things work together for those who love him. Now this is not to say that God uses evil means, but he does allow them and in his power turns them to accomplish divine objectives. And so we learn from Rahab that the people are scared to death the, the, the people of Jericho are scared to death of the Israelite nation because they had heard what God had done for these people. Fear had taken root in their hearts. Now, this is precisely what God had promised to do for them back in Deuteronomy. God had told both Moses and Joshua that he would put fear in the hearts of these nations and that they would be frightened by the Israelites. These spies confirmed that this had indeed happened. And Rahab is confident that the Lord had given them this land. The surrounding peoples knew it, for they heard of the testimony of the God of the Israelites and his power and his strength in the lives of this nation of slaves. Now think about that for a moment. How sad is it that the enemy had more faith in what God could do than the Israelites did initially? The root issue in not pursuing the land earlier was their fear in the face of what God was asking them to do. They didn't dare to obey because they didn't have the heart to believe that God could do what he had promised. The enemy had that faith, but God's people did not. God would have done this for a people a generation earlier had they believed. But now on the edge of the promised land, they find the inhabitants of the land with more faith in their God than they had a generation earlier. Is it any wonder then that the Lord's instructions to Joshua were to be strong and very courageous, to observe carefully the whole instruction that my servant Moses commanded you? You see, it takes courage to believe God's word enough to obey in the face of fear when the stakes are so high. Yet what they didn't know is that the enemy knew that their destruction was imminent. The only thing precluding the Israelites from victory was their own faith. They were their own worst enemy. They didn't have the confidence to believe what the enemy already knew, that if God had promised something, he would do it. Now, how often is it in our lives that we are our own worst enemy as well? How often have we not had the courage to believe and obey God's promises when, the, when that fear was the only thing that comes between us 
and the victory that God had already procured for us. Success comes when we have enough courage to believe in God's promises and obey his commands. And when we do that, we unlock the door to victory in our lives. Will we have enough faith to believe in God's promises? That is the issue. If we do, then obedience will be our response and victory will be the outcome. But conversely, when we live in fear, we will never see the outcome that our obedience and our faith could activate. We will never know what it could unlock for us. The enemy already knows it's defeated. The only thing that can stop us from seeing the promises of God lived out in our lives is the courage that it takes to believe and obey God's word. Until then, we'll live in defeat. But when we decide to develop the courage needed to follow, we will experience the victory of seeing God accomplish what he has promised in our lives. Pray with me. Jesus, help us to see the only thing that stands between us and victory that you've promised us is the faith to believe and the courage to obey. Help us to meditate on your promises such that we can find strength to follow you and live in the victory that you will win for us. In your name, amen. Thanks for joining us today for the Read Your Bible podcast. For show notes to today's episode, please visit readyourbible.info. While you're there, you can listen to past episodes as well as access a host of additional resources designed to help you grow in your faith. It's all there for you at readyourbible.info. That's readyourbible.info. For more information about South Seminole Baptist Church, just go to southseminole.com. Join us again tomorrow as together we help you learn to read your Bible.